Good morning and evening, if it's evening where you are. I know there's somebody from Spain on the YouTube live stream. Happy Easter for those of you who know it's Easter. Kosho told us this morning. Uh, this Sunday marks the end of our winter practice period where we've been engaging with the teachings of the Heart Sutra and creative expression. And yesterday, Jogan and I co-led a retreat where we introduced and explored the practices of emptiness from the Zen tradition. And these practices encourage us to look beyond or behind the surface of things, to see into the true nature of phenomena, the true nature of mind, of awareness. A Heart Sutra is a manifesto of true reality. Its teachings are so direct that they sound opaque sometimes, or strange, or perhaps nihilistic. But actually, it's an expression of freedom and spontaneity, the infinite creativity of awareness, and the love that is possible in this life when you are more aware of the true nature of things. So we have many teachings in the Buddhist tradition, in the Zen tradition, and how we've embodied and um, brought forth these teachings in this particular Sangha, in this community. So we have teachings that um, help us stabilize our attention and develop concentration. We have teachings that focus on working specifically with delusive thoughts like the inner critic, recognizing the inner critic or the judgmental voice or working with anger. We have practices that help us live a more skillful life like the precepts and um, reflections on ethical living. We have practices of cultivating the heart and nourishing and growing our capacity for self-compassion, self-love, and compassion and kindness for others and for the world. And then we have the teachings on emptiness and the direct pointing to the nature of mind. And that's what we were really exploring with the Heart Sutra. And you know, be, Zen being an essence tradition, we, we get a lot of that. And sometimes nested in very poetic language, the Zen meditation teachings from our tradition are always pointing to the profound. Yeah, and then how we get caught in delusion. So I'll share some of our uh, favorite teachings from the Zen tradition on, on Zazen. Uh, during this talk. But on the, over the course of a practice life, we work, we work on all of these um, aspects. And you know, the more and more we practice, the less distinguished these different aspects become. It's like a mandala. I, I love that image. A mandala is a circle, and it's usually divided into different parts, no part more important than the others, the all, all of them part of the circle. And as you practice any one of our, 
of the practices in this tradition and really take it to the essence, you see what connects all of them, all expressions of the nature of reality. So getting back to the Zen meditation instructions from our Soto Zen ancestors, they point us back directly to the nature of awareness. And maybe my favorite, because it's most direct, is Dogen Zenji's uh, line from the Fukanza Zengi, which Dogen shared yesterday during the retreat. It's, take a backward step and turn the light to shine within. Body and mind of themselves will drop away and your original face will manifest. Take the backward step and turn the light of awareness to shine within. Body and mind of themselves will drop away and your original face will manifest. This is from Keizan Zenji's Zazen Yojinki. This is the first line in that text, which is also a celebration and instructions for Zazen. He says, sitting is the way to clarify the ground of experience, to rest at ease in your actual nature. This is called the display of the original face and revealing the landscape of the basic ground. Sitting is the way to clarify the ground of experiences and to rest at ease in your actual nature. This is called the display of the original face and revealing the landscape of the basic ground. So Zen meditation empowers our awakened nature. It says no one is deficient in awakened nature. So sit and manifest it freely. You are already Buddha. You are already awake. Let your Buddha nature show and grow in your awareness that is just sitting. To return to Dogen Zenji's more uh, specific but terse instructions, to take the backward step to take the backward step is the practice that Chosen always is recommending of shifting from thinking to awareness. She often says the mind has two functions, thinking and awareness. We shift from thinking to awareness in practice by taking this backward step. From, by taking this backward step, we shift from our engagement with the six senses, which is our habitual way of being. This is what we learned when we learned how to be human. We've been trained since before we were born, while we were in the womb, that this world of color, shape, sound, and light is all there is, or at least is really, really important. And because we have a materialistic, scientific worldview as a culture, it's very, very much reinforced. So we learn to name stuff and have opinions about it and identify with it. We learn very early on to respond to fear stimuli and pain stimuli by avoiding or defending or perhaps going numb or moving away. 
And in all of this, we develop ideas about who we are and what it means to be good or appropriate or capable or worthy of love. Fill in your particular favorites. And we put labels on colors and sounds and shapes. We hate some, we fear others, we are obsessed with or really love a few, a select few. And we believe all of this to be real, just the way things are completely necessary to live a human life. And so layers and layers of thoughts, reactions, strategies become our habitual way of being, just the way we are, who we are. And these beliefs in our normal human life, these beliefs about who or what we are are left largely unquestioned. It doesn't even maybe occur to us to question them. And yet somehow those of us who are drawn to the spiritual path, to Zen practice, intuit that there is something else, whether we've had an experience that temporarily stopped the mind or an experience of, of spaciousness or an experience of you know, seeing our identity from a different lens. You intuit that there's something else. There's some other way of being in the world that we aren't just the thoughts that seem to crowd our heads. We aren't just our reactivity to others, our judgments and our opinions. That life isn't so hard or solid or predictable. That we're not in control, nor can we be in the ways that maybe we thought we could when we were younger or have tried and tried and tried and tried and it's just not working. We can't control reality. But you know, another side of that is there's just so much more mystery than maybe we made space for before we came to practice. There's more space, more openness, more openness than this either or dialect of the conceptual mind only sees things this way or that way, this way or that way. So the Heart Sutra is medicine. It's medicine for our materialistic, grasping, consumeristic mind training that we have been undergoing since we were born. And it's simple in its medicine. It just simply says, no, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> you are not your eyes, nose, tongue, body, mind. You are not limited to the form of your body. You are not limited to the form of your body, to the feelings and emotions that appear and move through your body, to the sensations that you experience. You are not limited to the ways that you perceive or have been taught to perceive. You are not limited by the way that you think, the thoughts that you've learned, the way that your mind processes. You are not limited by the experiences you appear to have or not have. 
You are not your concepts. You are not your not, you are not your not good enoughs. You are not your something wrong. There's something wrongs. You are not the whole scope of who or what you think you are. These are not the whole scope of who you are. And at the same time, the things that you see or taste or touch or smell or hear are not separate from you. You are not your fears. You are not the things you have learned, the practices you have mastered, the teachings you have heard. In fact, you are not anything you conceive of, label, or conclude about. You are much more open and mysterious than all of that. You are much more open and mysterious than anything you can conceive or conclude about who you are or what the world is or what the universe is. So this backwards step is a step into emptiness, a step into the openness of awareness that can host all of this experience, all these myriad forms and thoughts about and sense impressions and ideas and views. And take the backward step right now. Step behind the thinking mind. See behind your brain as the koan encourages. And when we make this shift, this step, it's like taking the view of the sky. I like this analogy the view of the sky, but during this retreat, we're also experimenting with the view of the whole universe. Take the space view of the whole universe, looking down at this being on this planet. But to use the analogy of sky, because maybe it's a little more familiar, the sky allows, allows humidity, rain, thunder, clouds, birds, airplanes, stars, sunlight, human beings, UFOs, to move through it. And the sky is not the weather patterns or the beings that are passing through. It's really as simple as that. And we see it with the sky. But it's similar with our minds or our awareness. We take the backward step into no into emptiness. And we are the awareness that hosts all experience, all appearance, body sensations, thoughts, emotions, other beings, ideas, beliefs, the sense of self, tension, conflicts, conversations, the whole world, the whole sky, the whole universe, Whatever we are aware of is hosted within awareness. As if they were guests moving through your vast, spacious home. Hongzhi says, 
If the host does not know there are guests, there is no way to respond to the world. If the host does not know there are guests, there is no way to respond to the world. If the guests, our appearances, do not know there is a host, then there is no vision beyond material senses. If the guests, so if we identify as a guest, as a single thought, as a single being with lots of thoughts, as a single opinion or judgment, and forget that we're being hosted, that we can take this backward step and host all experience, then all we know is material reality. We forget the mystery. Another analogy that I like is like a movie and its screen. So these appearances can be like a captivating movie and we get caught in its drama. The drama of me, as Eckhart Tolle says, the drama of me and my predicament. My predicament. And there's always something happening that we don't like or we want more of. So the drama continues many, 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 many sequels. This decision that I have to make, this conflict with this person, this relationship, this food allergy, this growth on my big toe, there's always something, always something that we need to solve or fix or change or improve before we can be what? Truly happy, at peace. Take the backward step and you are the screen that hosts the drama and maybe you will see it more as a comedy. You see it more as light and color and sound playing on the screen of awareness. Everything that appears has the same nature the nature of emptiness and awareness. Kenyo um, recently introduced the practices of the headless way, which is another way of entering the backward step and turning the light to shine within. So one of the experiments, the one that I've been doing um, since he taught it, is you, so this, the, the experiments from the headless way were developed by a modern mystic named Richard Lang. And they're fun because they're um, experiments that you can run and try. Uh, so it's a way of you know, entering this, the depth of meditation practice um, anytime, anywhere. One of the most basic practices is that you point to appearances. And this is taking the backward step. So often we're kind of fused with what's happening in our world. And sometimes it can feel like, I've seen a picture of this, like your face is kind of like fused with whatever is happening. And it's like, you're just already like making opinions and, and um, plans and judging like this is reality. 
Um, so to point is a way of stepping back from and becoming the observer, like putting things back into perspective, getting out of the thinking, judging, planning, manipulating reality mind, getting, getting a little space from even just the labeling that the mind is up to or the narrative of like, oh, later I'll do this and in the future I'm going to do that. It's particularly, I think, true because we have screens, so it's like fused with, fused with Zoom. Okay, so, <laughs> so taking the backward step, um, you, you can start to point at things and recognize um, that they're appearances, which is a big step, actually. Like, oh, this is appearances. This is not me. This is not my predicament or my job to get all up in everyone's business and try to fix the world or please this body, heart, mind. So you can start pointing now <laughs> if you want to. Um, and notice that you point and you can point at shapes and colors in the room. You don't even have to label, just notice. Like, oh. And then you can point to this body, knees and chest, shoulder, hands. And then the next instruction, which you start to get close to as you go to the body, is to point at the looker. This is turning the light to shine within. So you point at the looker, take the perspective of the pointing finger. And what happens when you do this? You're shining the light of awareness now on itself. What do you see or not see? Who is this one who is aware? Empty presence. The one who is aware is spacious, openness. There is no one, just pure awareness, boundless without limit. The capacity for the world, which is one of Richard Lang's um, phrases that I really love, the capacity for the world. Kazan Zenji says, Zazen is going right into the ocean of awareness, manifesting the body of all Buddhas. The natural luminosity of mind suddenly reveals itself, and the original light is everywhere. Zazen is going right into the ocean of awareness, manifesting the body of all Buddhas. The natural luminosity of mind suddenly reveals itself, and the original light is everywhere. This is from Hongzhir. Open purity is boundless. 
yet knowledge accompanies it. Universal responsiveness has no conventional method, yet the spirit is coordinated with it. When knowledge is opened, it perceives spontaneously, alert and awake. The function of the spirit is continuous without deliberate effort. Then you can radiate great light all the time, everywhere, doing enlightened work. This is why it is said mountains and rivers present no barrier. Light penetrates everywhere. And haven't you read the saying, if you want to enter the realm of Buddhas, they should make their minds clear as space. If people want to enter the realm of Buddhas, they should make their minds clear as space, detaching from all appearances and fixations, causing the mind to be unobstructed where it turns. If people want to enter the realm of Buddhas, they should make their mind clear as space, detaching from all appearances and fixations, causing the mind to be unobstructed where it turns. How do you act so as to attain this union? Water and moon calm face one another. The breeze in the pines clear has never stopped. All appearances happen themselves, are self-aware, are not dependent on you doing something to your brain. Appearances self-liberate themselves. Keeping the practice of the Heart Sutra alive, I invite you to carry one of these metaphors for appearances to remind you of the illusory nature of what we consider the material world. This medicine of emptiness is to be used when your mind is particularly caught up by shoulds and oughts, trying to get what it wants, you know, suffering unnecessarily, like complaining about a meal, or obsessing about what you said or didn't say in a conversation, or trying to figure out what you're going to do for the next 10 years of your life, or just grumbling or bored or flat or disinterest or fearful or anxious, or as you are fussing about how your body feels or should feel. So here's the first metaphor. Can you experience this as a magic show? Can you see experience as a magic show? A magic show of appearances happening all the time, displaying for you, through you, without you having to do anything the magic of light and sound, the magic of a thought arising, unbidden, 
shining forth a word, an idea, a memory, where do they come from? The magic of wind and bird, the play of reality, the magic of Easter bunny and painted eggs. So that's the first metaphor, a magic show. The magic of each next arising moment. The magic of now. The magic of the past completely vanished. Okay, the next one. A reflection in a mirror. A dream. An echo. A movie. A rainbow. Can say? Will you recite your rainbow poem? Sure. Can you come up here? Yeah. Okay. Gensei is going to recite a poem about rainbow so that you can remember this metaphor. Learning to trust emptiness, I see rainbows everywhere. Learning to trust rainbows, I see emptiness everywhere. Thank you. We all have Zen masters in our midst. We um, recited poems this morning to um, reveal our current understanding of emptiness. They all were good. There was one about Space Jam. And the Loch Ness Monster of Emptiness. Okay, there's another song um, about emptiness and awareness that I would like the residents to help me sing. And Kosha is going to lead it. And you have the words on your mat. And if you don't, can you share with the person next to you? All these forms appear in emptiness Like a rainbow with its shining glow In the reaches of appearance emptiness Just let go and go where no mind goes Every sound is sound and emptiness Like the sound of an echo's roll In the reaches of sound and emptiness Just let go and go where no mind goes Every feeling is bliss and emptiness Way beyond what words can show In the reaches of bliss and emptiness Just let go and go where no mind goes All awareness 
awareness, emptiness, way beyond what thought can know. In the reaches of awareness, emptiness, let awareness go oh, where no mind goes. Maybe this will help you remember some of the metaphors. And uh, to notice whenever, whenever you get hooked into a storyline or a, a narrative, or you notice that you're in a kind of tunnel vision about life, to take that backward step to zoom out, which is one of Rise's practices, zoom out button. And remember emptiness. And another way is when you notice, oh, I'm caught, to look and see, is there space within wherever we think we're caught? Any perceived stuckness, any perceived problem, is there space in that too? So this is going to be my last talk for a while. I'm going to be taking a two and a half month sabbatical and doing a solo retreat in Colorado at uh, Terramandala. I have a retreat cabin there that I'll be renting. And so Tin and Shanae are here and they'll be at Great Vow helping to keep things running smoothly in my absence. You're all really lucky because you have two bright, wise people and who've lived here for a culmination of, I think, 19 years. So much longer than I have. <laughs> so I'm really um, grateful to them for coming and uh, excited for you all to have them here again. I'm gonna close with a poem um, that I'm taking with me into my retreat. This is from Zhizhong, who's a 17th century uh, Chinese Zen nun who uh, had opportunity to go on pilgrimage and live in hermitage at some point in her practice life. And she says, this is actually when she was in old age, to dwell in noble solitude has been the dream of a lifetime. So from now on, I will live my life here on this mountain. I have seen through the illusions of the dusty world and am no longer embroiled in its floating existence. The stone stalactites can be sucked on when needed. The wisteria flowers can be pulled down as the moon dictates. Heaven and earth, an emptiness that is so great and so vast. Who understands the leisure that can be found in all of this?